The Wonder Files. The Bronze Whaler. My writing, it turns out, draws her inspiration from the natural world, from the sphere of the non-human, the fascination with the animal and arboreal. I spend many moments reading facts of wonder, learning about the movements and the magic of the landscape around me, of the creatures within it, and finding those understandings enriching my own life. The Wonder Files is an extension of that fascination, a gentle call to activism and to care. A weekly love letter that I share with you of a creature or a plant that's caught my interest in the hope you'll find them as wild and wonderful as me. Wonder, I believe, is a portal to care. To hold and grow a sense of wonder leads to love, to kindness, to respect and admiration. When we see something with wonder, we're moved to protect it, something the world around us could use a little more of. So here you are, with me, for the Wonder Files. I hope you delight in them as much as I do. The Bronze Whaler We sit in front of a poster on his bunk bed that hangs to the left of his pillow. Look at the rows of suspended aquatic creatures now immortalised on the wall. Fish of New Zealand. The poster was a purchase made that day. An unplanned and spontaneous welcome home and I'm proud of you present having just returned from a week of camping and in, in anticipation of starting his paddy diving licence that next week after, at only 12 years old. I watch. His finger reaches over, traces the outline of the powerful bronze whaler. Want to hear something sad, Mum? He asks me gently. I immediately realise that I don't, but the words imply an answer needing to be known. My body sits like a suspended question mark in amongst the covers and the sheets. I can see he feels the need to tell me. The shark, I say out loud, my intuition slipping from my lips before my brain has time to comprehend them. I feel I already know the story that's about to come. There was a group of guys staying at a holiday house on the same beach we were, he continues, and quite close to our campsite. They were drinking, Mum, being really loud. They kept us up till 1am. The kingfish came in that evening, a quite big school of them. So then, of course, the bronze whaler came in, interested in getting dinner for the night. The guys, they went out on their boat, dragged her in, but didn't kill her. She was still alive when they had her on the decks. They took her to the shore, winched her up so she was hanging, and... Only some time after that, she finally died. My heart drops down below my feet. My stomach follows suit. I feel the sick and bitter taste of anger, the feeling like I want to take them out. But my heart, it returns a helium balloon uprising when I look to see bewilderment in the eyes that sit across the bed. A boy, most likely at least a third their age, Recognising the injustice, the hurt, and full of care. It's awful, Mum. Why would they do that to her? I don't know, my love, I reply. I really don't. We only heard about it shortly after, so we couldn't stop it happening. I feel so sad that none of us could save her, or at least if they were going to take her life, to 
do so in a way that shows respect, that's for a purpose and that's rooted in intentions that are sustainable and kind. That night I lie in bed, but the edges of my skin inform me that I do not lie alone. I am inspirited with the ocean, with the shark. In the dark, I cannot sleep. I feel the shark as though she is within me, like my skin is no longer human skin, but shark. Her gills are sitting at my ribs. I am the rise and fall of movement through the water, as though her body sits not within mine, but I in hers. For this moment, she's taking me on a journey. In a world that now lives without the Vikings, she is the true warrior of the sea. She is choosing to be with me, with my presence, but I am not an asset here. Despite this, I understand in this moment we are allies. Me, the human shark or shark human, I don't know which. I want her in my corner, the true owner of these seas. She wilds her way around and through the water, turquoise blue, expansive, the movement of her body and enjoyment, her presence commanding of attention. She has borne her storms, outlived us all. The loss of her physical skin does not cancel out her might. And yet, despite this knowing, my mind searches to make sense of what is happening. But as I lie here in bed, I still cannot. I know she is with me, that we're having a conversation. I wonder to myself about my animal communicator friends, send a mental message out into the night. Is this what happens? Is this happening to me? Or am I making all this up? I decide it doesn't matter. I understand the truth of what I feel. I hear myself say the words out loud now to my shark. I cannot save you now, and perhaps I never could, but I can protest with the moving of my pen. I do not know for sure what it feels like to be a shark, but I know what it's like to be a creature invested in this life and not yet ready to die. I know what it's like to fear men like that, with their entitlement and disrespect. To wonder who the hell they think they are to have dominion over me. I know I cannot outmuscle them in strength, but I can spread my message further with my keyboard and my words. I lie still, thinking of the things I cannot write that late at night. Stay with me, I whisper to her, the big fish swimming in the waters of my cells. Keep your story close so tomorrow I might write it. I begin to research the bronze whaler, but only the usual and expected arrives up on my page. Articles of the times they've been spotted on the beaches, of the potential concern or threat they pose to humans. When we enter their waters, entitlement abounds. My mind floats up with the random and unexpected. Jokes I've heard about sharks, the imprint of shark print faces on children's towels and swimwear hung mass-produced in malls, the conditioning and training of sharks as human-eating predators, as monsters tapping their fins impatiently as our toes tipple on the edges of the sand. The face of a woman springs to mind. Valerie Taylor. Known as the lady in the pink wetsuit doing amazing things with sharks, she's been at the forefront of shark conservation and beyond that marine life habitats since the 1960s. 
At 88 years old now, she's still an active activist, living on the fringes of the beach in northern Sydney. When my family moved back to Australia, from New Zealand, she says, we lived close to the ocean and we taught ourselves to dive. And one day a guy called Bruno saw me spearing fish and he said, we don't have any good women spear fishermen. would you join the club? And that really was my introduction to getting to know marine animals well. When I first started diving, I was worried about sharks. You were a big hero if you went out and speared a shark. You were saving thousands of lives by killing this monster. One movie that she worked on changed her understanding of all of this. A film we were working on had grey nurse sharks in it, and we knew we could get them at Seal Rocks. So we went out there and we got out to the shark gutter and there were all these dead sharks. Someone had gone down there with a powerhead and killed every one. It was very distressing. When I saw all those grey nurses drifting across the gutter, I realised I would never kill another shark. I realised that it was a terrible thing, that this was their domain, that's where they belonged. We should either learn to live with them or leave them alone. A New York Times article writes, When Jaws became an instant, unexpected blockbuster in 1975, the Taylors realised that the movie was doing harm they had never considered. Recreational shark hunting gained popularity and audiences feared legions of bloodthirsty sharks were stalking humans just below the surface. In reality, there are hundreds of species of sharks and only a few have been known to bite humans. Those that do usually mistake people for their natural prey like sea lions. The Guardian continues, The global population of sharks and rays has crashed by more than 70% in the past 50 years, researchers have determined for the first time, with massive ongoing losses pushing many species towards extinction. A huge increase in fishing since 1970 has ravished the abundance of sharks and rays in our oceans, with previously widespread species such as hammerhead sharks now facing the threat of being wiped out, the study found. Half of the world's, half of the world's 31 oceanic shark species are now listed as either endangered or critically endangered by the International Union for Conservation of Nature. The giant manta ray is also endangered. Another quote from Valerie rings in my ears. I hate being old, but at least it means I was in the ocean when it was pristine, she said, adding that today... It's like going to where there was a rainforest and seeing a field of corn. Here we stand, I think, the children of the corn. As I write this, I know I'm not a marine biologist nor a scientist. Today I don't have many facts for you to better outline the shape and size of this or these amazing creatures in the contours of your mind. I am a bad underwater observer. And what's more, it's a place you'll rarely find me. I am most at home with my feet on the land, in the forest and the trees. What I do have, a sense of reverence and of wonder, an understanding of the underwater world as an alien landscape and the creatures in her depths as never mine to own, a sense of reciprocity with the sea and with the land. I recall the words of M. Soledad Caballero, some halfway through her poem, Someday I will visit Hawk Mountain. I care little about the exact rate of a northern goshawk's flight speed. I do not need to know how many pounds of food an American kestrel eats in winter. 
I have no interest in the feather types of a turkey vulture. I have looked up and forgotten these facts again and again and again. They float out of my mind immediately. What I remember. My breathless body as I look into the wildness above. Raptors flying, diving, stooping. Bodies of light, talismans, incantations, dust of the gods. Creatures of myth, they hang in the sky like questions. They promise nothing, indifferent to everything but death. Still, still I catch myself gasping, neck craned up, follow the circles they build out of sky, reach for their brutal mystery, the alien spark of more. This, this, and this again. I care little about the facts of the bronze whaler, and yet in my reverence for her kind, find so much more. And so I write this, today's wonderfile, not for facts, but in humble dedication, to my bronze whaler sister, who suffered at the hands of foolish men, as a love letter she doesn't need to her spirit self. We are sorry. Please forgive us. You are loved here. Thank you for your gracious and fierce spirit. We bow now as we couldn't before, as you transition your way out. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Wonder Files and another beautiful question with me, Jane Pike. This podcast is generously supported by my amazing community over at Substack. You can join us there on janepike.substack.com. And as always, if you feel moved to, please feel free to share, like, and leave a review. Have an amazing rest of your day.